remember that? I'm not going to teach on it. Explain to you some principles. And the bottom line of the principles was what happened to Gideon. How God told Gideon to go back to his father's house and lay another altar. And I taught this to you. And we acted on it. I have acted upon it. I've done it for my family. We've set up another altar in our family. We've decided that we're going to do good. We're going to pay our debts. We're going to do so many other intestines. I explained to you how God insists on that. We shared about how Moses, uh, God almost killed Moses after he sent him on an assignment. I shared with you about how Esther had to ask the king to put another decree to overcome the original decree that the king had done because no king's decree is reversed. So when God curses you, he doesn't remove the key, the curse, he puts a blessing. Am I making sense? He breaks the curse, but he adds a blessing. There's no vacuum in the spirit and so on and so forth. And I began to share this with you and we prayed and we did many things. And when Sister Fulala Craig came over the weekend, we began to talk last Sunday before she left. And then something began to happen and she began to ask me questions. And the more she asked me questions, the more I began to see that I needed to go back and check some of the things I had taught. Because all of a sudden I realized that even though things had begun to happen in my family and in my life, it was like I had one leg out, but I had another leg inside. And I didn't know how to get that other leg out. And then we took a few days to fast, and we began to fast on Monday. And on Wednesday, we took time to pray about some things, which some of you who came to the service realized what we prayed about. I can't go and start repeating it. But I began to look again, and from the very first day, like Daniel, that I took to seek the face of the Lord, God began to show me some things that I hadn't done. And that's what I want to share with you this morning. Mr. Silver, please see me after service, please. Now, I need you to listen to me this morning with an open mind. I really need you to listen to what I'm saying. Because the Bible says that they came to hear and to be healed. That's in Mark 11. They came to hear and to be healed. There is a connection between hearing and healing. Because faith comes by Sometimes we go for services and that was why even though I knew that uh, Pastor Smith knew that the Spirit of God was here, I knew I could have begun to minister. But if I started ministering without the word, if you don't hear, you won't get healed. Am I making sense? And so I pulled back. Am I making sense? Because I knew that to start ministering without laying a foundation would have been dangerous. And I want to go back and touch on some of the things I shared with you. In Judges chapter 6 verse 25, quickly. Father, I do need your help this morning. Thank you because I know you've gone ahead of me. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now it came to pass on the same night that the Lord said unto him, Take your father's young bull, the second bull of seven years old, and tear down the altar of Baal that your father has, and cut down the wooden image that is beside it. Now most of you remember what happened. God, an angel appeared before Gideon and said, Mighty man of valor. And he said, can you call me a mighty man of valor? Look at what is happening to us. We are hiding in caves. The Midianites are stealing our money. We have nothing left. We have to walk in caves. You are calling me a mighty man of God, of, of valor. Where is this God that we spoke about? And God said, I've called you. And he said, how can you call me? My tribe is the smallest. And God said, I've called you. You are going to rescue or deliver Israel. And after God had done all this, an angel came, he offered up, a, come on, you know the story, don't you? He opened up, he offered up a sacrifice, the, the fire came and consumed it, and everything had happened, and Gideon had gone to bed. And God comes back and says, oh boy, before you go, 
like Moses, before you go and deliver Israel, circumcise your son. And so he appears before him and says, take your father's young bull, the second bull of seven years, and tear down the altar of Baal that your father has and cut down the wooden image that is beside it. And what I taught you the other time was tearing down the altar of Baal. What I failed to see, and I only saw it when God began to deal with me this week, was the fact that there was something else that he asked him to do. He said, cut down the wooden image that is beside it. He said, and build an altar unto the Lord your God on top of this rock in the proper arrangement and take the second bull and offer a burnt sacrifice with what? With the wood of the image that you will cut down. Now please, I know this is Old Testament. I'm just going to give you spiritual applications. Am I making sense? I'm not going to give you for you to go and start cutting down altars because if you do that, we may have to do deliverance for you afterwards. But watch what happens. He says, and this is another translation of the Bible. It says, that night, the Lord told Gideon, take your father's bull, another bull that is seven years old, tear down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the symbol. of the goddess Asherah which is beside it. Build a well-constructed altar of the Lord on top of this mount. Then take the second bull and burn it whole as an offering using what as firewood? The symbol. Are you here? Another translation. It says, cut down the holy tree that is by side and use it as a burnt offering. Now this is, the, this is the problem. This is what God began to deal with me. He said, son, you have pulled down the image, the altar in your father's house, but you have not dealt with the image in your father's house. The image, the representation, we have not dealt with the actual God in your father's lineage. There is almost not one of us here in this auditorium who is not struggling with something from their past. Talk to me. Are you here? I need you to answer me. Are you here? Can you understand what I'm saying? He said, number one, you need to know what is the image of the God that your fathers before you were worshipping. Number two, you have to cut down that image. In other words, what does that image represent? What is the value system behind the image? I'll explain it in a minute. Number three, use the wood of that image to sacrifice to your God. In other words, the tools, the mechanism, the effort, the things that you were using to worship that God now needs to be offered to God as a sacrifice. Are you here? If I lose you, put up your hand. Let me know. Alright? Ladies and gentlemen, I want to show you the power of images. Because the image of a God is an indication of the value system of that God. We as Christians, we have an image, a cross. Am I right? And when you see that cross, does anybody have to tell you what it means? An unbeliever, yes, who 
who has never seen a cross or know about Jesus Christ's death and resurrection, if he sees a cross, he's not moved by it. Am I right? When you see a cross, what happens to you? Talk to me. You know the difference between the cross that Pentecostals wear and the cross that um, Catholics wear is that the cross that Pentecostals wear doesn't have Jesus on it. The one that the Catholics do have Jesus on it. Have you ever thought about the power of that? One still believes that he's still on the cross. One believes that he has resurrected from the cross. Somebody's checking their cross. Come on. That's the power of imagery. Now watch what happened. Uh, look, uh, because of time, let me, let me just paraphrase some of these scriptures. First Samuel. Remember what happened? They defeated, the Philistines defeated um, Saul and Jonathan. And they took the image of God in an ark form and they took it into the temple of Dagon where the image not Dagon it was image versus and the Bible says the Philistines took the sacred chest from Ebenezer to the town of Ashur they brought it into the temple of their god Dagon and put it next to the statue of Dagon which they worshipped and when the people got up in the morning they found the statue lying face down on the floor in front of what? the image of God they put the statue back watch what happened let me skip all this by early next morning it had fallen face down again in front of the chest and the body of the statue was in one piece but its head and both his hands had broken off are you here excuse me God said you have to bow before me before my image and then what do they do they come back in the morning and they put it and God said let me show you who God is he now fell it down broke the head and broke the arms image versus watch this now this is what I want to show you the power of an image in people's lives it says the body of the statue was in one piece but his head and his hands were broken off and were lying on the stone floor in the doorway this is the reason why the priest and everyone else steps over the part of the doorway when they enter into the temple so years later years later every time a priest wants to enter into the temple he will do this In other words, what happened to the image is shaping the minds of the priests. You don't get the point I'm trying to make it. The gods your fathers were serving before are the ones that have shaped the way you think. They have shaped your value system. They have shaped how you relate to God. Am I making any sense at all? They, they started changing. Can you imagine you want to enter into this church because the image of a God fell down, you now do this. That thing is not a God, it's an image for crying out loud. But look at the power of an image. The image, ladies and gentlemen, fell, but not in the mind of the people who had the image. Oh God. Now, that, that is even 
God, which is an evil God. Let's talk about Christian gods. Look at Numbers chapter 21. And they journeyed from Mount Hor onto the way of the Red Sea to the compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was discouraged because of the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water. Our soul longed for this light bread. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. And they beat the people and much of the people of Israel died. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned. Can I have some water? We have sinned. For we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. I pray thee, Lord, take away the serpents from us. God doesn't answer that kind of question. Take away the serpents. Look at what God does. God does the exact opposite. God says, and the Lord said to Moses, Make a fairy serpent, set it on a pole, and it shall come to pass that anyone that is beaten and looks upon it shall live. How many of you have been praying for God to remove the serpent? Don't worry. And I believe the reason why he said, I won't take away the serpent, because he knew they were sticking to grumble afterwards. That's just by the way. Look at what he does. And Moses made a serpent of brass. He put it on a pole, and it came to pass that if a serpent had beaten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. Are you here? Look what happened 300 years or so later. 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 1. And it came to pass in the third year of Hosea, the son of Eli, the king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, the king of Judah, began to reign. And he did which was, that which was right in the light of God, according to all that his David, David his father, did. Verse 4. And he removed the high places and broke the image and cut down the groves and broke in pieces the brazen serpent that Moses had made. For unto those days the children of Israel did do what? They burnt incest to an image. So I'm not just talking about evil gods. I'm talking about evil gods that we worship in our own religion. Somebody said I should preach. Should I continue? Because you are, he's the only one who's answering me this morning. Now. Ladies and gentlemen, this was almost 300. I'm not sure the exact date, but I know it was almost 300 years later. An image that God had put in the wilderness. They were still worshiping it till today. It was affecting their behavior. Jesus said, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in what? In spirit and in truth. I'm going to skip a lot of these are my notes for my book. Don't worry, so it's not for you. But the point I'm trying to bring out here is the fact that even the, 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 the image it's not just an image it is a representation of the invisible realm the images are not just images for themselves they are a representation of what is behind that God okay the God or the image of the symbol which is worship the covenants were entered into with that God and the image the tools and objects used in worship, we must interpret that in spiritual terms today. How has that affected us? Ladies and gentlemen, you cannot confront what you have not identified. Church is quiet. Oh. You cannot confront what you have not identified. 
and then you cannot con you cannot conquer that which we did not confront. These are the six things or seven things we're going to do this morning. This is going to be more like a prayer meeting than anything else. I'm going to take each one and we're going to pray with our families this morning. Number one, what is the altar? Number one, first and foremost, remember every time that God made a covenant, the most important part of the covenant were the words that were spoken. I'll explain that in a minute. Number two, what is the God of the altar or the image of the God of the altar you need to overcome? Number three, and Florida Craig told me this. Listen to me. She said, number one, anytime your family has a covenant, they either have a contract or they have a lease. I'll explain that in a minute. Then we must get instructions from God on how to overcome that covenant. And number five, we must build a new covenant. Number six, we must build another altar using the former image. And number seven, we must declare a new lease. That too much information? I've broken it down. Don't worry. What is an altar? An altar is a place of worship, a place of covenant, a place of sacrifice. Every time that Abraham entered into the land, the Bible says he would build an altar. He was bringing that altar or that place that God gave him into the same covenant, the same blood, and the same angels have I mean, charge over them. God needs to help us to know what covenants were caught on our behalf. This is not a question of praying and open prayer. This is a time to ask God for a revelation of what is holding you back. Getting into your destiny. Are you here? Alright? Let me move a little further. I want you to notice this. Look at the covenants that were made. As for me, my covenant is with you and you shall be the father of many nations. Remember, I keep telling you that the secret of any covenant are the words. It says, unto you and unto thy seed will I give this as an inheritance. Are you here? I need to move a little faster. But I want you to notice that curses also are words. Look at what it says. Joshua charged them saying, cursed be the man before the Lord who rises up and builds the city Jericho. He shall lay it with the foundation of his firstborn and with his youngest he shall set the gates. Now many of you knew that 500 or 600 years later one stupid man come on are you here? One stupid man went and started building the walls of Jericho and his firstborn died. And when he finished his last bone side. But I want you to notice that curses have words. This is my problem. How do you reverse words you don't know were said? I like what Paul said. He said, I don't fight as one boxing the air. I watch my punches. I deliver them. Let's start from there. Are you here, please? Are you guys here? You guys are making me feel very lonely here. I want you to now, with your kids by your table side, I want you to hold their hands. And I want you to ask God to reveal to you the words that were spoken and the covenants that were made on your behalf. If God chooses not to show you, that's, not, that's his problem, not yours. But I'm asking you, how do you counter 
How do you confront what you don't know? Do you people obey me at all in this church? I need you to pray. I need you to ask God this morning. What are those words? What are those covenants that were entered into on my behalf? What were those things that were done? Can you play that keyboard a little bit louder, please? Is this helping anybody at all? You need to hear me out this morning. This is what I have done for the whole one week. And I'm not a selfish person. I had to come and do it here. What words? What were the content? You know, she said to me, she said, Pastor Francis, when this thing is lifted, it will be like daylight and darkness. Do you know what words were spoken? Now, please don't misunderstand me. God is a God of revelation. He will reveal the truth to you, but you have to ask him to do it. What words were spoken? What agreements were made? What were the pronouncements made on my behalf? Why were they made? What was the objective? Where were they going? Father, reveal it to me. Show me that which I need to know. To reveal what was said. in the air. I want to direct my punch this time around. I want to defeat this once for all. I don't want to come back to it again. Dr. Adebola said to us this morning, the only way you can pray and pray accurately is to pray with knowledge. Father, give me the information, the knowledge I need concerning the words that were spoken, concerning the covenants that were made. What were the agreements? Why were they made? What was the objective? Who is, what was happening? Reveal yourself. Reveal this plan to me. Help me that I may undo that which was done on behalf of my family. name. Amen. Are you here? Now look at the second thing. You cannot confront what you have not identified. The image or the idol is a symbol or a representation of that God. Am I making sense? In other words, a symbol is something that reveals the invisible. For instance, how do you illustrate democracy? Look at what God, what, what, what God said in Leviticus chapter 26 verse 30. He says, I will destroy, look at what he said. I will destroy number one, what? Your high places. But look at what he said next. Cut down what? What? Do you understand what I'm saying about images? 
because those images shape the way your family thinks let me give you an example how many of you knew there was a time when your family would never allow a Yoruba man to marry an Igbo girl come on am I right if somebody says it's still on there were times there were certain things in our heads that did not allow us so even if God was saying that is your wife because of the, your family background you won't marry her and it became stronger than your conviction of God do you see how powerful images are am I making sense I will destroy your high places I will cut down your images and your carcasses and the carcasses of your idols and my soul shall abhor you he was cursing a particular group you got to understand that there are different kinds of symbols I'm going to I'm going to skip that so I want to go to the next one which is number two number three contract or lease was it a contract or was it a lease let me give you an idea Daniel said in Daniel chapter 9 verse 1 to 3 in the first year of Darius the son of Alharius the seed of Medes who was king so on I'm going to skip all that I Daniel understood by books the number of years whereof the of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he should accomplish what? So in other words, this was a lease, not a contract. Talk to me now. Do you know that some of us are enduring leases right now? And that's why after a particular time, it will stop. But the Bible says for the sake of the righteous, God can shorten the time. Are you here? But let me show you a contract. I said this is also a lease. Thou shalt not make any graven image. Thou shalt not bow, sorry, thou shalt not bow down themselves unto them. Verse 9. For I, the Lord, I am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers to the third and fourth generation. So when you sin against God, God visits how many generations? Four. But look at what it does next. Now it says he shows mercies unto what? Thousands. I'll come back to that in a minute. A contract is an agreement, a pact, which must be broken. A lease must do what? End. And that's why when Jesus came, the Bible says for a contract to end, one of the people must die. And that's why in Christ we died. Am I making sense? So that the contracts that were signed with for us before do not exist anymore. I'll explain that. A lease. Either way, we need to pray to God to find out what do I have hanging over my family and my family life? Is it a contract? Or is it a lease? Are you here? It's easier when I'm teaching a smaller group of people. Getting all of you to follow me can be very difficult because of the background. Do you understand what I've just said now about contracts and lease? Huh? I want you to ask God now. Come on. What do I have over my life? Is it a contract? Because if it is a contract, then how you approach a contract is different from how you approach a lease. 
You know you can buy up a lease that you don't want to complete. Am I right? You have a lease with somebody for three years in a house. You say, oh God, I don't want to stay here for three years. I will pay you so, so and so, so that I can live when? Now. The way you approach a contract, a contract you break. A lease, you buy yourself out. Amen? Are you here? I want you to notice this. Now listen to me, please. Look at this. I know the scriptures are a little bit tiny, but turn your Bible to 2 Samuel chapter 21. One, two, three. Is this too much for Sunday? Huh? Are you there? Then there was a famine in the days of David. Three years. Year after year. Are you here? And the Bible says, David inquired of the Lord. What we are doing this morning is inquiring of the Lord. Are you here? David inquired of the Lord and the Lord answered. May God answer every single one of us. Look at what he said. It is for Saul and for his bloody house because he slew the Gibeonites and the king called the Gibeonites and said unto them, now the children of Gibeonites were not of the children of Israel but of the remnant of the Amorites and the children of Israel had sworn unto them and Saul sought to slay them in his zeal to the children of Israel and to Judah wherefore David said unto the Gibeonites what shall I do for you and wherewith shall I make atonement that ye may bless the inheritance of the Lord in other words what is responsible what is happening? What is causing this problem? I need instructions to do what? Overcome it. Look at what the Gibeonites answer. And the Gibeonites said unto him, We will have no silver nor gold of Saul, nor of his house, neither for us shall thou kill any man in Israel. And he said, What ye shall say, that will I do for you. And they answered the king, The man that consumed us and that devised against us that we should be destroyed from remaining in any of the coast of Israel. Let seven men of his sons be delivered unto us and we will hand them up unto the Lord in Gibeah of Saul, whom the Lord did choose. And the king said, I will give them. And in verse 14, the Bible says, after that, God was entreated of the land. Let me tell you, if you ever check, check through the life of David, the most common phrase you will find in the life of David is that David inquired of the Lord. Who, I mean, how many of you understand what I'm saying so far? You need to ask God, how do I overturn this covenants that you are revealing to me? How do I turn them upside down 
How do I get an? I give you some other examples. Look at this. Elisha. Remember that? Elisha, behold, I pray thee. In for Second Kings chapter 2, verse 19. There's the situation of the city is pleasant as my Lord said, but the water is not, and the ground is barren. This place is nice. Ibadan is wonderful. We don't have the kind of arm robbery they have in Lagos. They don't have, we don't have the kind of problems they have in Lagos. They, they are wonderful. Ibadan is nice. Things are not too expensive. It's a very nice town. But the water is not and the ground is barren. And I can say that about Ibadan. You can sow 80 million naira in, in Ibadan. If you are lucky, you get 5 or 20 million. You sow 80 million in Lagos, you get 800 million. Are you here? Look at what he says. And he said, bring me a new cruise and salt bearing. And they brought it to him. And he went forth onto the spring of the waters, onto the source of the waters. And the Bible says, he cast the salt there and said, thus said the Lord, I have healed this water. There shall not come from thence any more death or barren land. So the waters were healed unto this day. is no problem you are going through that there is no solution for. It takes us going to God and saying, Father, show me. Show me. And I'm not talking about one of these terrible quick prayer meetings that we like to do. I'm talking about seeking the face of the Lord. Personal. My wife and I are supposed to be doing this fast, but she works in CBN, so she has to go to work in the morning. I stay at home. I sit in front of my computer. And I'm and I'm understanding these principles and I'm trying to put them into practice. I'm praying about them, I'm sleeping, waking up, thinking about them. My 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 my, my, my wife will tell you this all of a sudden I started having dreams and one of the first dreams I had was my brother who lives in England he just kept coming into my dreams I'm not talking about dreams in the night I'm talking about I would just nap for 5 or 10 minutes he would come and I started praying for him didn't think much about it my wife came back from work that day and I said my brother keeps appearing in my dream I don't understand how he fits into what I'm doing right now it wasn't 15 minutes after I told her, a phone call came from Lagos that my brother was involved in an accident in Lagos. It was just a few days ago. And he came out totally unscathed. A brand new car. And he's on, he came to Nigeria to visit for a few days. To do a wedding. I heard the story about a woman who came for her son's wedding yesterday. She got in, arrived at the airport, collect, went through immigration, collected her bags, called her son, I'm here, I will be out in a few minutes. Ten minutes later, they were calling the son on the microphone. She had slumped on the floor and died. And I began to ask God, I said, God, what is wrong with us? I have done these prayers, I've done deliverance, I've done all these things. I am getting tired. And 
I don't want to come and keep doing these things over and over again because I know that you are faithful. And then God directed me to this scripture. For indeed, 2 Chronicles chapter 29 verse 9, because of this, our fathers have fallen by the sword. Our sons and our daughters and our wives are in captivity. And this is, um, I think it's Hezekiah. Look at what he says. Now it is in my heart to make a covenant with the Lord God of Israel that his fierce wrath may turn away from us. My sons, don't be negligent for the Lord has chosen you to stand before him and to serve him that you should minister to him and burn incense. And this is what bothered me. Every time we have looked at covenants, ladies and gentlemen, we have always looked at it from one point of view. And that's the fact that God came and made covenant with man. Ladies and gentlemen, our salvation covenant was originated by God, not by man. Do you agree? God chose to send his son. You didn't ask him. He chose to send his son. You didn't request for it. He made up his mind before the founder that he was going to send his son to rescue us. But I had never seen until this week how sometimes God waits for us to get up and say we are going to cut covenant with him. Are you here? give you another example because, you, because the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses let every word be established this is Ezra and Shekinah or Shem, whatever his name is the son of Jehan one of the sons of Elam answered and said unto Ezra we have trespassed against our God we have taken strange wives of the people of the land yet now there is no hope in Israel concerning this thing now therefore let us do what make covenant with God let me ask you as a family here this morning, how many of you have ever made a covenant with God apart from the covenant God made for you I want to see hands up how many have consciously ever sat down and said Father I thank you for the covenant you made with me through Jesus Christ thank you for what you paid for Thank you for the provision you made. How many of you have ever sat down as a family and said, if my old family made a covenant with the devil and it is causing all the problems I'm going through, have you ever sat down as a family and said to God, we are going to make a better, a better, a more efficient covenant, a greater covenant that is run by the name that is above every name. Who can put up his hand and say he has done it? Huh? Have you done it? In your family? Hang on. Well, look at how many of us hands are not up. And that's why I asked this morning that the children be here with you. Because one of the things I want us to do this morning is to go before God and say to God this morning that thank you, I'm not playing with and if you check my Bible notes I have the entire, if I'm, sure, I'm going to show you the slide in a minute of all the scriptures about a newer, a better covenant there is no covenant better and greater than that of the blood of Jesus Christ don't misunderstand me this morning are you here? all 
I'm saying this morning is that if they could make a covenant with you on your behalf with the devil, you can make a covenant for them with God. I don't know if you get my point. You can make a covenant that is binding for even those who are not sitting here this morning. A better covenant than the one they made with the devil. to stop because I feel, AJ, am I making sense? Because if everybody's making me feel as if I'm feeling really stupid this morning, am I making sense? Sir? Dr. Adekbala, am I making sense? Because I know this is not common teaching. And I told the Lord this morning when I got said, Lord, I'm scared. I am not playing with the blood of Jesus. Look at what Joshua did. Remember what Joshua said? I wish I could read it all. I have given you a land for which you did not labor and cities which you did not build. And you shall dwell in them of the vineyards and oliveyards you planted. Not, sorry. Now therefore fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you shall serve. Whether the gods which your father served were the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will do what? We will serve the Lord. Oh, Jesus. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. That was their reaction. some things because I want to come back to this prayer point I want you to look at this remember when God told Gideon to use the wood that was used to sacrifice to the former idol sorry he said the, the wood that was used to prop up the other's idol he said he used it as a sacrifice to me look at what Romans said he says likewise Reckon, read Romans chapter 6. Reckon yourselves also dead into sin, but alive unto God. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey the lust therefore. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness. In other words, what you were using to serve the devil, direct it. To the Lord. And let me close with this one because we'll come back to the prayer point. I shared this with you earlier on. I shared with you about how I am the Lord. This is another translation and you will see it clearly. I am the Lord your God, the one who brought you out of Egypt where you were slaves. Do not worship any God except me. 
Do not make idols that look like anything in the sky, on earth, or in the earth. Do not bow down and worship them. Those were the very rules we broke. Damelo. Look at what it says. I am the Lord your God and I demand all your love. If you reject me and worship idols, I will punish your families for three or four generations. Are you here? You do wrong. Four generations. Look at what he says next. But if you love me and obey my laws, I will be kind to your families. For what? Thousands. Do you see the difference, Dr. Gulusi? Do you know that they made covenants for us that God has promised us as bad as those covenants are? They will only last to three or four generations, but we can make covenants this morning that will last to a thousand generations. I can't, I can't explain this anymore. I can't explain it more. Like, what do you want me to do now? Can, come and put it inside your head. I'm telling you that no matter what stupid covenant they made on your behalf, no matter what evil covenant was made on your behalf, God says he will limit it to three or four generations. And I can guarantee you that many of us are fourth generation people. You check it out. Go and check your history. Most of us sitting in this auditorium are fourth generation of our families who worship idols. Go and check it out. My mother didn't worship idols consciously. My grandfather was exposed to Christianity, but the one before him didn't know anything about Christianity. No matter what covenant is over your life, God says it has a limit. But he's saying that you can tie a new covenant that will bring 1,000 generations after you enjoying your blessing. what he taught me and that's why I said I need you to be here this morning with your families and I want to go back because what I want us to do is to do like Joshua and Israel this morning what I want us to do as families this morning and I don't want you to be in a hurry see I have a quotation here from Job Job says that even when you are not listening God will come to you in a dream Today, I believe God will begin to reveal to you what your family has done before. But he will only reveal that which is relevant to your de deliverance. It's not, a, it's not a question of you now going to be looking for people in your family that did something wrong. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that God will show you what went wrong. God will show you the covenants that they were entered into. And sometimes you don't need more than a word to break it. But the point I want to bring out today is that what is more important to me is not so much what has gone before. What is more important to me is the covenant you cut with God from today for your family. Oh, maybe I should be a preacher. Because I don't know how to preach. Look at what the Bible says. If the first covenant had been faultless, there should have been no place for the second. But finding fault with them, 
Behold, it says, I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant I made with their fathers. Today I took them out of the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they continued not in my covenant. I regarded them not, said the Lord of hosts. For this covenant I will make with the house of Israel after they say the Lord, I will put my laws in their mind. I will write them in their hearts. I will be unto them a God and it shall be unto me a people. They shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying know the Lord for all shall know me from the least to the greatest for I will be merciful unto their righteousness and their sins and iniquities and I remember no more in that he said a new covenant had he made I'm sorry he had made the first old now that which decayed and waxed old is ready to vanish away the point I'm trying to make is that God made a new covenant with us we need to make a new covenant with him anybody have any questions? I want to start praying. Please feel free to ask. The most stupid question is the one you don't ask. Is it making sense to somebody this morning? It's making sense to you. Aren't you guys tired? Take what is you all this going up today coming down tomorrow all this passing today failing tomorrow you know what let me tell you how it feels sometimes I feel I have escaped and I'm walking away and all of a sudden something just grabs me in the leg and drags me right back you know what that is an unbroken connection with my past that follows me. Sometimes it gives me a little leverage. I'm about to sign a deal right now that's going to divest my investments here. I'm bringing a little revenue to renovate this place. But I have this warning from the Lord that I need to settle this matter before I sign that paper. it's gone on for too long. What about you? Who understands what I'm saying this morning? Who can identify what I'm saying this morning? Something has been following us around for too long. Something has been holding me back. Not from being blessed, but enjoying the fullness of the blessings of God. There's a difference. I am blessed. Believe me, I'm blessed. I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed when I rise. I bless when I go to sleep. But I'm saying I am yet to experience the fullness of the blessing of the Most High God. Who understands what I'm saying this morning? Father, show me the altars of my fathers. Show me the altars of my mothers and my fathers before me. Father, reveal to me the words that were spoken, the contracts, the covenants that were cut. Father, reveal to me. Open my eyes. I am tired of walking in ignorance. My God, I'm tired. 
of walking in darkness. Lord, show me. Lord, open my eyes. Reveal to me covenants and altars that I may break them, that I may reject them, that I may cancel them. Show me the contracts and the leases that were entered on my behalf. My God, reveal to me. God, show me. The Bible says it is the prerogative of God to hide a thing, but it's the prerogative of, of kings to discover them. Open my eyes. Open the eyes of my family. Open the eyes of my children. Open the eyes of a thousand generations. Show me, show me. Makasuna daya, rekasumbra basara kayada. Father, show me. Father, reveal. Father, reveal. Father, open my eyes. Makasora daya, reveal. Shakutobara, nekasona mrakasada da 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 ya. Show me the contracts. The leases that were signed, my God revealed to me. Mato sukradaya, who na casta broto, ba yatandro soraba, i yatanda lakre do sukaranaya. Ah, shotoraba, show me, reveal, open my eyes. and ask him teach me how to overturn the covenant show me what I must do show me how I should do it show me what needs to be done let me stop and say this let me stop and say this how many of you know that because you have riches doesn't mean that you are free from curses one day my wife and I were watching a documentary how many of you are know this is the only black woman in this century to have won an Oscar Halle Berry beauty my God that woman is beautiful she is rich she's an Oscar winner and everybody was admiring her until she told them I am diabetic every morning I have to inject myself with insulin I've met rich people who when I look at them I say boy I envy you all this your cars <laughs> he looks at me and says my family is in a mess my wife has left me my children don't know the Lord I have no family I have money you come and carry the money I want your family don't mix riches with freedom from curses 
called Naaman. The Bible says he was a mighty man. Man of valor, a general in the army. And as the Bible does it, Paul says, but he was a leper. Don't mix the two up. One day I was sitting in, in the Jesus embassy. We were trying to fix a generator. And one young man got up and said, man, I'd like to have, if I go to Lagos, I will have the money of Lagos. But I hate the life of Lagos, so I prefer Ibadan. But because I'm in Ibadan, I don't have the money of Lagos. And now I'm suffering. I said, oh boy, you know what I want? I want the money of Lagos and the life of Ibadan. This is an opportunity for you not to choose between. This is an opportunity for you to say, God, this is what I want. You don't have to give up one covenants have a way of restricting you what a covenant and a curse does is put boundaries around you that was why Jabez said oh God enlarge my cause he said that thou will bless me and enlarge my cause in other words my cost was too narrow my life was too narrow my mother bore me in sorrow and so she pronounced curses upon me but now God if you bless me and enlarge me he didn't forget that part bless me and do what remove the boundaries this morning I'm serious tell God I need the instructions to overturn the covenant of the past right now in the name of Jesus reveal your instructions like you did with David, like you did with Elisha, like you showed them what they must do this morning I want to know what I must do show me Reveal, show me. He will show you in the night times. He will show you in dreams. He will show you as you move. He will show you as you walk. He will show you as you talk. He will show you as you watch movies, as you listen to tapes. He will show you because you are asking him this morning. <laughs> glory to God glory to God you know we need to move on listen to me this is my, this is my first son his name is Adam we didn't choose the name Adam out of a hat we actually called him Adam too because we knew that both our families had had challenges and our covenant with God was that anything that we went through would not pass on to him. Forget about him. Are you getting my point? That was our covenant. But I didn't know that I could do it for a thousand generations. Oh my God. I didn't even need to do it for him alone. I could do it for his children and his children's children's children. That's what I want us to do this morning. But listen to what Joshua said. He says, ask for me 
is my solution. God said to me, make a new covenant. And the reason why I didn't do it was it wasn't I don't want to yesterday. Make a new covenant. You now are the ones initiating it. God has initiated everything. Listen to me, some of you, please. Don't come here and pretend on behalf of your family. Some of you know how bad your family is. Don't come here and be pretending and making covenant. One of the best covenants you can make is to do the exact opposite of what your family has been doing. Your family has been greedy. You make a covenant with God today that you will be generous. Your family has been wicked. You make a covenant with God today that you're going to be good. Your family has been selfish. You make a covenant with God that your family will be generous. And I make it. Don't do a pretend covenant. We pretend too much in church. Some of you know your family has killed people. You tell God you are going to give life to people. Am I making sense this morning? Don't come here and pretend. Because God sees your heart. of you, your family have cheated many generations, taking land, taking property you tell God this morning that this is a new one talk to me don't come here and pretend, you know your family your father has six wives outside you make a covenant that you will not do that You make up your mind that you're not going to you're not going to have children out of wedlock. You make up your mind you're not going to have multiple wives. Break that curse over your family this morning. You know your family. I know my family. Everyone is struggling because of money. Why? Father, my family will give. We will give. We will give. We will give. We will give. And we will give. And we will give. Oh, Jesus. 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 As for me and my family, as for me, and my house I enter into covenant with you today to cut off our past and put us on a new beginning this morning we declare that we will give of our lives we will give of our substance we will give of all that we have to help others in the name of Jesus we will not be selfish we will be generous we will serve you we will have one man one wife we will have no children out of wedlock we will not do anything that will bring dishonor to your name we will serve the only true God who is worthy to be served Father we make a covenant with you this morning Gagada 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 Legrado Somaya Raga Samantoraba Legrede Suramada Lobre Basanangarada Father every tool every instrument 
that we have used to serve the enemy we declare today we offer it to you as a sacrifice we offer it to you as a sacrifice Jide, get me anointing oil man Dr. Gulusi, Dr. Adebola, AJ, Mrs. Olasakwe, I need you people up front here. Where's Benga Luni and Mrs. Luni? I need you up front here. My God, God is moving in this house right now. Breaking, restoring, setting up new covenants, new covenants, new covenants, new covenants, new covenants. My God, new covenants. How many of you agree with me this morning? How many of you agree with the word that was preached this morning? Do you believe this word? Because God is going to honor your faith this morning. Amen? Amen? I'm telling you, some of you are going to sleep tonight. You will have the most vivid, Mr. Smith, drop, join us. You, you will have the most vivid dreams. And your wife will have the most vivid dreams you've ever had before. I'm talking about crystal clear pictures. But remember, we do not wrestle against flesh. It is not personal. When you see somebody's face that you know in your dream, it's not the person, it's the connection. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you hear what I said? When you see your cousin or your auntie, it is not the auntie, it is the connection. Oh God, Makasodabaya. between two families, two families. They both they both wanted to marry the same man. And one of them had a child for the man. But the second woman managed to push her out and move in as the wife. But she made a covenant that time with the devil and sacrificed the first child to the devil. Not for death, but that God will shape his life, that the devil will use his life anyhow he likes. And there is nothing this young man has touched that has ever succeeded. Because if his lineage should succeed, it will overshadow the lineage of the other family. That was the covenant. God is revealing it now. Am I making sense? There's nothing personal. It's not the person. That doesn't matter because the person is not a Christian. You don't joke with him and you don't talk to him. But it is the fact that something was done. Am I making sense at all to anybody this morning? 
My God, my God, give me the other microphone. Marcus Oradaya. It's okay if they've, if they've taken it. Uh, you, you, you hold this for me. What I want to do before we go, let me ask these ministers to pray for me and my family. I will pray for them and then they will come out and pray for you. Is that okay? Does that make sense? Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, we have a system here. Because don't forget, every time they come out to meet you, they're exposing themselves. Am I making sense? I'm saying, Dr. Deborah, if you come and pray for my family, and you and Dr. Gulisi, come and pray for my family, and then after that, I will pray for each one of you. And then you will go out there and pray for them. Is that okay? But I, listen to ladies and gentlemen, this is intercessory prayer. Because it's not just you, it's your family. I'm telling you that generational covenants are about to be made this morning that will release your family into a grace you have never experienced before. My God, my God, thank you. Thank you, thank you. these your servants father the release we have waited for has come let it take root tonight let it begin to blossom let it take over your life let it become a new beginning let it bring all that you have lost back to you but let it bring more that you have yet to accomplish not one jot not one tittle concerning you will fall to the ground said the lord of hosts Everything I have said concerning you will be fulfilled. We cut off the past and we release you into the future. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we said the blessing. The reason, the reason you are free is not because somebody prayed for you. It's because the truth you know. are worried and on Monday God gave me a word this is the original plan of God was that when Israel left Egypt they would spend 40 days in getting into the promised land remember that it was supposed to be what 40 they spent 40 years. But in those 40 years, God met their needs. Either by manna or by causing their clothes to grow with them. By giving them water in the wilderness. By giving them sun. By giving them clouds. They did that until the day they stepped into the promised land. 
And the Bible says, the day they stepped in, manna ceased. God has been keeping us in the wilderness by his supernatural provision where we just had enough to get by. Our children's school fees is due in September right now. Many of us are going to be running around for the next three months and God will give us the money to pay. But the land we have stepped into now is not one of manna. It's not one of cloud by day and sun by night. He says you will live in houses you did not build. You will eat from vines that you did not plant. Look, it's either you believe it or you don't believe it. There is a difference between the world you are stepping out now into. And let me say this. Some of you, by the time you get home today, you will have the beginnings of good news. Some long-lasting thing you've been waiting for. The indications that is here will be waiting for you at home. But the supernatural provision of God in the wilderness will not cease until you enter your promised land. So fear not. For he has gone ahead of you. Hallelujah. 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 I am the Lord that he led thee. Thank you. 